Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome everybody to a fun episode. Oh yes. Are you going to live? <laughs> welcome everybody to a brand new concept in uh, in uh, what we're doing here and that is uh, we're calling we're calling this the lunch club. Are you all right, Eric? <laughs> Fuck. That's weird, man. I can see you and you're like in my ears. Yeah. And Kayla too. Matt. Wow. I think you put the wrong shade of tobacco in your uh in your pipe today. <laughs> you do. That was harsh, man. Here, hold on a second. <laughs> Is your Ugh. mouth partially dry? That's better. Okay, man. I'm sorry, dude. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. Hi. Uh, I, so this is this is um, a concept that we're calling the lunch club. And we've, we're expanding it to two hours. These, these fine folks are going to stay as long as they can because we just have such a darn good time doing this. And it's, it makes us laugh. And, and I've had some really good response from the audience as far as people uh, listening to this because it's just a lighthearted kind of positive thing that we do that's a lot of fun. And today is going to be fun because we are going to play, um, we're going to play some, some music. We're going to talk about uh, um, music that's important to us in our lives, some country or some uh, classic rock and all that kind of stuff. And Eric is going to hopefully stay with us and not, and not fall over in the course of our episode today. So, so, Matt, how are you? How was your week? I have a fantastic week. How about you? I had a great week, too. Eric, are you okay? And have you had a good week? I'm good. I've had a great week, man. It's beautiful out there. I hear it's going to get really hot, too. This weekend, they're talking about 100 degrees. My God, extended time. Really? Record. Oh, my goodness gracious. They're talking about a big-time deal. And Kayla May, how are you today, my dear? Not hungover. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Better than yesterday. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and you had pancakes for breakfast and everything. So that's mm-hmm. that my cousin. Yep, sure did. That sounds yeah. good. Exactly. So, so um, by the way, this was your idea, Kayla May. So uh, let's let's start you off with the, with this little program. Well, okay. Let's start it off with my favorite memory that I had as a kid listening to classic rock. Um was dancing in a living room with my sister to the Steve Miller band. And I'm talking brown eyed girls rocking me fly like an Eagle dance, Mm. dance, dance, take the money and run or serenade true, fine love. Um, the steak joker, all of them. (laughs) 
And, and you know what was really sad about that? And I think uh, Matt, because Matt is our local historian, he'll back me up. The Steve Miller Band did not go into the Record Hall of Fame or the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until very recently, if they've made it at all. They weren't even noticed. Go ahead, Matt. He refused to get in it for the longest time because that's in Cleveland, correct? Correct. And he complained that they're just kind of letting too many in, regardless of accolades, and he had standards. And so he balked at that. Little trivia, uh, you've heard of the last the, the last Paul guitar? Of course. He invented, okay, he invented the electric guitar. He's the guy who gave Steve Miller guitar lessons. Oh, no kidding. Oh, wow. Yes, he came from Les Paul's being a student. Oh, that's Whoa. that's that's and, and he that opened for the it. Beatles before. That explains it. Yeah, that explains it. See, I knew that we could count on you for some from exciting trivia about some of these things. So, uh, and and Eric, you tell me that that including rock. Now you were in a in a uh, in a band in the uh, marching band or the 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 drum and bugle corps for a long time. You guys didn't listen to music back then, or were you too busy? Uh, <laughs> We were a marching band that did not listen to music. We we were unique in that way. Uh, it made it harder to judge us, and thus we won. <laughs> well, although- no, we we listened to a lot of music, but um, I have to say, the core that I was in was a South End core, which had uh, eth- ethnicity diversity. So there was uh, we we listened to soul music, which opened up our minds to disco and soul and rock. You know, we had the full the full load going on down there in South Seattle. We we heard a lot. So Gap Band, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Tower of Power, um, Cameo. I mean, the list is broad. You know, Motown, Stevie Wonder, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, you can go through the whole list. You know that we'd go. There were parties at this house on Chicago Street, and we'd gather, you know, seven, eight o'clock, and then we'd be there pretty much, you know, until Sunday morning, and we'd be dancing, you know, pretty much every Saturday night and listening to all of that stuff. That's where I really opened up my mind to uh, so much that was going on. And Susan says, and I want to I want to uh, utilize Susan since she's a regular contributor. Uh, first of all, she says, "Hi, all can't hang out for long because my teen is taking his practical driving test in a little over an hour." Positive thoughts, cool. appreciated. I yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big big time deal. But uh, I want to I wanted to play something to see if you can hear it, Susan. So if um, because I'm, I've got it loaded in and I wanted to just see if this is the technology that I've accomplished. So I'm going to play this real quick and you tell me if you can hear it. All right. And it's it's starting right now. Oh, cool, man. You know what this means, guys. This opens up a brand new thing for us, for me, to be able to do stuff off the Internet and to grab stuff and just play it. That is, that is so cool. Um, but I wanted to let you guys know. Now, does that song ring? I know that Matt picked it up right away. It's called It's called One Tin Soldier. Um, and uh, uh, that song 
was uh, the theme from the movie Billy Jack. That's and, right. And Billy Jack and that song and that movie influenced me to a great degree because uh, if you listen to the song, it's about uh, peace and love and, and the, the one, the people down below go to the people at the top of the mountain and because they had treasure, buried treasure there. And when they killed all the people on the mountain and they found the buried treasure, they opened it up and all it said was peace on earth. And so that was like a late 60s, early 70s. That's how people were looking at, at life in a, in a different way that we've gotten, kind of gotten away from over time. So uh, I just, Matt, go ahead. That is a 1969 release from Bell Records, whoever they are. And the group was called the Original Castle. Yeah. Winston Soldier. And the the one that the, the one that I was just playing, they they was covered by a group called Coven, or Coven, and Coven. Uh, um, uh, that's that's the version that was on uh, Billy Jack. Um, but it was. But those are the and that, that's really the type of things, the types of songs that I'm talking about, things that influenced you in your life. I've got a bunch of them, and I know each of you does. Uh, I know Matt's got a bunch that that and uh, Kayla's, you know, a Steve Miller band and and uh, and stuff like that. Um, so I, it would be fun to s share stories about where these songs came from and how they influenced you and kind of changed your life in a, in a bit of a way. Matt, do you have one? Well, there are so many, and I got to throw in a Beatles one because what I really like Thanks about too. what I really like about music is you can have a dad yell what. You call that music, turn that noise down, and then dad will turn up his music, which is the same song, but Lawrence Welk is playing it. And so there's a lot of funny with that. Now, in 1963, the Beatles had an album called With the Beatles, and Paul McCartney basically did a solo called Tell There Was You. But that was actually written in 1950 by Emeritus Wilson, and initially it was called Tell I Met You, but when it got ready to be for the Music Man show, the Music Man play or movie, they then changed it to Tell There Was You. And so what I greatly admire is we have a music world where all sorts of people do a rendition or an instrumental of a Paul McCartney or a Beatles songs. Well, the Beatles aren't too big either. They can do the same for others and keep life in it. So that's what it meant a lot to me. It was Paul McCartney's doing his rendition of a song written in 1950. Very cool. Yes, indeed. And in fact, in the early years, uh, now in the American release, what you're talking about, in that's a British release, which was with the Beatles. In the American release, it was Meet the Beatles. And uh, uh, that song was on that album as, as in, for the and Capitol release, that one. So we can, we can talk about Beatles all day long, I can tell you that. And as a matter of fact, I, my children have been told to do two things upon my death. The first one is this podcast has to continue uh, at least uh, I'll be up for and available for people for the 10 years after my death. The second one is... Uh, um, um, at my funeral, they are required to play uh, In My Life by John Lennon, uh, which was on the Rubber Soul album. Um, because and that, that one has a lot of meaning, deep meaning to me about uh, there are places I remember in my life um, and, um, and 
and stuff and it's about it's about um growing up and growing old and and people growing up and growing old and dying with you and and around you and and uh in then uh in and it's about it called in my life and so that that was one of the early ones that that really had a lot of impact for me um kayla how about you a lot of songs had an impact on me where do you want me to start because there's, there's so many bands that I listened to growing up from my mom. My stepdad was a very huge inspiration. He was always the type of person who sings this. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, you know every word. What do you mean you don't know who sings it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I just, I love, I love all music. All of it. Yeah, well, it's like uh, like Eric will attest to this. He was in the uh, uh, drum and bugle corps, and one of the guys that played bugle, um, his uh, is a good friend of mine, and uh, his name is Rick. And his, as a matter of fact, the four of us, his wife, Mary and Rick and, and Jennifer and I, we went to see, uh, you'll appreciate this, uh, uh, Eric, we went to see Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, which Rick was standing up and screaming the whole time. And we and we saw um, 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 Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ooh, yeah, which is another one of his because of the of the of the bugles. And then when Mary was pregnant with their first son Ryan, we went to see Paul McCartney. And and so uh, and so we saw I I've seen Paul McCartney a couple of times. So awesome. Uh, so awesome. This, he he is because of his background playing the uh, trumpet. He's he's a real um, um, uh, brass kind of guy. Uh, yeah. Matt. Well, no, I'm just relaxing. I'm taking oh, this okay. in. Okay, Eric. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Rick is a solid horn player, and he's got a he's got a long long list of favorite types of music. You know, you brought up some swing music, and you know, rock and roll. It started so much longer that we, we give props to you know elvis presley of course and some of the early players but rock and roll really finds its its uh, roots in the early parts of slavery you know right at, in and uh-oh or whatever task that they were being forced to do, they would sing song, pick up this music. And that just speaks to the power of the healing uh, of music and how uh, it's used in our minds to get us through periods of hardship. And why? Apparently. Yeah, we're, we're, and we're speaking of which, we're losing you, young man. Um, you're you're uh, um, you're freezing up on us. So, um, Matt, when you talk about the origin oh, of no. rock and roll, me too. No, didn't, they, didn't they initially kind of just make a milestone out of Bill Haley's rock around the clock? And this is now official from this point forward. But Bill Haley and the Comets. Yeah, you're. Why, and Eric? Why don't you? Yeah, why, why don't you uh, um, pull out and then come back in, and we'll see if that clears it up. Okay, be right back. See you in a second. Anyway, anyway, uh, Matt, I I think that you're right. Uh, uh, Bill Haley in the comments. That was one of the early ones. 
Uh, but it goes back to oh, way, um, way back, way back. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and in fact, <clears throat> since we're talking about the Beatles, they lived in Liverpool, which is a, uh, a port town. And they've got a great big port there. And so they would get uh, clandestine music from the United States. And it was a lot of uh, spirituals and it was uh, soul and jazz and, and that kind of stuff. And that really helped them move forward in what they wanted to do. Uh, and and they they actually put a their own spin on on a lot of that a lot of that stuff so that they could take. Let's see. Nope. So they could. He's he's not back yet. So they could. Oh, there he is. Um, let's. Now you look. You look. You look better. You look like your old self, young man. Oh, good. Good. I'd be more concerned if I looked like my young self. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in any event, so Eric, were there songs that you remember when you were a kid that that inspired you to? To do the the trumpet or to do the you did the play tuba. my tuba, play the tuba. <laughs> there just weren't a lot of uh, tuba players that were making big hits back then, but nope. there were some um, there were some instrumentals that blew my mind. You know, Santana's Europa. Yeah, I, I that one alone, and I still listen to that for you know from time to time because that is mesmerizing. And of course, we we talk about what piece you mentioned something. Um, I thought about this right away when I first heard it back in nineteen. I can't name the year seventy eight, seventy nine, I believe. Earth, Wind, and Fire's fantasy. Uh, you guys might be familiar with that. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire fantasy. I that's one of those that if you hear it, um, but I don't know it by name. Ah, um, every man has a place in his heart. There's a space, and the world can't erase his fantasies. Oh, and the name of it's it is amazing. what? Fantasy. And a Earth, Wind, and Fire? Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I got to see them live back in the 70s when they are doing these great big stage shows. You know, and that was the other thing that was great about the 70s. Because, yeah... Because they would have those big shows that they would sell out these stadiums, you know, and they'd put on these productions that were just absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And Earth, Wind & Fire would have this magic show, which was totally fitting for them. And, and the costumes were over the top. Everything was just... Of course. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And you can only have Verdine White be the bass player from Earth, Wind, and Fire. If you ever seen him play bass, he's the only bass player that could ever play for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Every man has uh, place yeah. In his heart. I remember this now. And the world can't erase his fantasies. Boy, this is exciting. I found out I've got new technology to play with. I'm just a kid in the candy store now. That was good, man. 
Yeah. Now I want to tell you a real quick story though. There was a song that came out in uh, nineteen or no two thousand two two thousand three. You'll know this song. I actually this song resonated for me so much that I I chopped it up and used it as the theme for Positive Talk Radio in two thousand three. Let me see if you guys can figure out what song this is. Oh, I just killed it. That's that's so. It, okay. Well, continue on. I'll be right back. <laughs> continue on. We're all quiet. What's the with you? Am I without me? Or he, okay, hold on. Have you heard, ever heard the song "Wild Horses"? Yes, Royal and Stones did it. Does this song ring a bell? Very good. What's it called? I hope you dance. I sing this song all the time. Hope you dance. I hope you never lose your sense of wonder. You get your This is Leanne Womack. Never heard of her. May you never take one new name. single breath for granted. May you never take one single breath breath for granted. Oh, boy. Oh, Dolly Parton story. Very much, very similar. Whenever one door closes, I hope one. But what it was was it was a, it's about the song is about. Living your life to the fullest, and I hope you dance. When one door opens, another a window, or one door closes, a window opens, and that you take and you live your life to the fullest extent possible. And that that song was right when I was determining whether or not I was going to take the leap and spend two thousand dollars a week to produce a radio show. So it's all her fault. Um, <laughs> Yes. But that's 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 the kind of songs that uh, this is this is so cool. Uh, that's the kind of song that that really um, um, meant a great deal to someone like me. Sentimental. Oh, Ninda, what was the song that you guys were talking about when I was setting that one up? Wild horses. Uh, let's hold on. <laughs> let's see who did that one. Rolling Stones were one of the groups that did it. I, it goes back further, I think, than that. Yes. Um. Oh well, we'll we'll play the uh, uh, the uh, um to get you a flavor of it. We'll... Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a four nine Graceless lady 
And he actually doesn't sound bad singing this. You know I can't let you slide through my hands. Wild horses couldn't drag me. Well, now, unfortunately, the uh, due to the regulations that uh, I can play like 30 seconds of a song, but if I go past that, we're risking violating FCC rules, and then we have to go to ab, ab scam, and we have to pay for the music and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you don't want to be violated. <laughs> <laughs> or be in violation of. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> So so now that see now let me let me see if I can't uh um let's see. Oh. Did you hear Nightbird's song on America's Got Talent the other week? Called it okay. Um it's hella inspirational. Um don't know that one. I can't can try and see if I can find it. Um but that's that's so uh um um but that's 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 really cool. Um um Eric, yes, sir. Got something important to say? <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be a first. No. <laughs> okay, guys. You're asking. That's not important to say. Not important. Well, of course. Um, you know, there's so many. There's so much great stuff in the '70s. I mean, we we could go through the list uh, forever because music was just so rich, yeah, and. You know, the reasons for that is so many of the 60s was an incredible time for pop music. And what was the and that came to an end. Didn't they declare pop music came to an end in like 71 or something like that, Matt? I'm not sure. You know, I don't I'm not sure on that one. Yeah, I think they declared it like 71 and then. Harp, then rock music, the era of rock music uh, began in like 71. And Led Zeppelin, I mean, you can, man, how do you not talk about Led Zeppelin when we talk about great music? You have to. You know, you have to. <clears throat> Stairway um, to Heaven. Yeah, classic. Yeah. I mean, Stairway to Heaven is so popular. What was that uh, movie uh, that... Uh, Robert, yeah. Robert Plant hates that song. And I believe he paid Portland, Oregon, not to play that song. But he lets people know it's official. He hates Stairway to Heaven. And I don't get it because, of course, I love it. I had Led Zeppelin for, and yes. Oh, Probably because they played it so damn much. See, that Maybe that's what it is. But I will look at these lists of these great authors, and then they'll say which, which they don't like, and they're the ones who got them out there. Now, this is uh, Susan has to leave us now, but I thought since she had mentioned this song that uh, Eric Clapton did, I thought that I would play a touch of that for her. And speaking of Eric Clapton, what band was he in with those other guys before Cream. the uh, Cream, Cream that's Yard, it. and Yardbirds, Yardbirds, both of them. Yeah, Yardbirds. That was a, that was. A... Well, they had Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page. There you go. Yeah, man. They were 
ahead of their time. That is, that's Eric Clapton, and that that was uh, because his three-year-old son fell out of a window and passed away. Yes, indeed. So, but Susan, there you are, and I know that you know we'll be we'll be praying for you and your your sixteen-year-old is going to go get his license now. Good luck. Practical yeah. driving that implies <laughs> you know there's impractical driving. <laughs> I could pass that test. Yeah. So I mean, there. So music-wise, you you know, you, we all grew up in in I think the golden era of music which is kind of past now it's it's not it's not as and i don't know um uh, kayla you're you're a titch younger than us so what do you think of today's music a lot of it's shit <laughs> <laughs> um i listen to the rap the newer stuff the r&b that's on just to stay hip with my son i grew up listening to um the 90s you know so the early 90s 2000s like agent and or hip-hop r&b or whatever it's called i don't know but i really like listen to country mostly classic rock um just no elevator music that's one thing i can't do i can listen to anything and everything else but elevator music yeah I, you know, elevator music has its ups and downs, though. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, man. Speaking of which. <laughs> yes, man. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Oh, man. What a poet that guy is. He had two books published with poetry. He staged his death many times. Would light my fire play? The family thought he died years ago. They called him. There's a hello for you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's part of the 27 year old club. He is. Oh, that uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know, my my brother-in-law is buried in the same uh, cemetery as Jimi Hendrix. Oh, is that right? Wow, that's over in Renton. Well, one of the Allman brothers, Dwayne, was it Dwayne Allman? It, it could have been, yeah. Could have been. One of two. He's have buried you, there. He, he went out at twenty-seven. I got to ask wow. you guys: Have any of you met a rock star or a big-time dude? Uh, in the yeah. industry, who who have you met, Matt? The guy I met, his name is Steve, and if you remember a band called Autograph, out of the seventies, they were Van Halen's opening act. They had a few hit records, and they had their own record company. And a friend of mine who had like garage band stuff, he was playing in a restaurant one night, and I took my daughter there. I think it was my daughter, and um, a guy named Steve was there. And I got along with Steve. So Steve and his girlfriend have dinner with us or watched my friends play. Then the guys came up later and said, Steve liked you. And I go, I like him. He likes you because he realized you didn't know he was famous. So they showed me these 33 and a thirds. And he was one of the lead guys with the guitar and stuff. 
and uh, getting to know the guy, he loved not talking about it. He talked about camping, about giving your mom flowers, taking kids out, how a window washer counts, how they're important. He talked about work ethic and values. The moment anybody talked about big names because he traveled everywhere, um, he didn't know you anymore. But that's who he was. There are a lot of movies out where he did whatever, did tracks and stuff. That's Interesting. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Matt or Eric. Oh, that's that's cool. You were a breath of fresh air for him. I had no idea. I I had the opportunity when I was working at the DoubleTree Plaza Hotel. It was a brand new hotel at the time, and this is right about 1980, 81. No, about about 83, I guess. Um, And the Beach Boys came and stayed with us. Um, And Dennis Wilson, who's Brian Wilson's uh, brother who has since passed, they had to have him have a bodyguard, not to protect him from other people, but to protect other, no, to, not f- from him, from them to protect other people from him, but to, for him to protect him from other people. Because apparently he had a, a severe drinking problem, and, uh, and so if he didn't have somebody watch him, and this guy was paid to watch him 24 hours a day to make sure he didn't get uh, out of control, and then, of course, he went home, and I believe it was, Matt, wasn't a surfing accident that, that did him in? Um, I've heard he drowned and he had a yacht or something like that. And he went swimming when he was intoxicated. That was a story I heard. Yeah, that's probably right. And he was their drummer. Yes. Yes. That's very good. You, you're just a font of information. You must spend a lot of time sitting around, uh, um, listening to music and stuff. I watch these documentaries that are fascinating, and the more you watch, the more that comes out. And the Beach Boys, I, oh my God, yeah. And I got to see them in concert before. Oh, very good. Now, now, Eric, how many concerts have you seen, and who have you seen? Oh, man. You know, I I don't know how many concerts, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh, rock concerts, but uh, Doobie Brothers, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Doobie Brothers uh, before and after Michael McDonald, uh-huh. which really are two different bands. Yeah, man. I do have a Beach Boys story. When the Last of Us kids moved out of the house, mom and dad could then afford to go on vacations, and they went to Hawaii. And dad said that they were in some very nice hotel upstairs and it was full of people in their 50s and 60s. And it was a polite kind of noise, like an ongoing party. Not rambunctious, but the murmur of nonstop socializing. So very tactfully, they reported it kindly to the front desk. If you could put us on a different floor. And they're very nice people, but here it's way past midnight. And so a little later, there was a knock on the door. And there were a couple of guys. And a guy put his hand out and said, Brian Wilson of Beach Boys. And my dad came back and said, Frank Shea, traffic. And they shook hands, and they apologized. They were polite, and they put them into another hotel at another part of the island. And the mom said the room was so beautiful, they didn't want to leave it. And when dad came back, uh, uh, the, the Beach Boys, you know, that, like, so I had to play some stuff and let them know who they were. But it got wow. back to them, and they were so polite and went to the seniors, my parents, and really made them feel at home. And they apologized. 
all American boys, man. They live up yes. to their reputation. The Wilson brothers, yes. Yes, yeah. they, they absolutely did. I yeah. got to see this guy way back in the 70s. You tell me who it is. <laughs> When I was a little bitty boy just upon the floor We used to go out to Grandma's house and look so Had chicken, pie, country ham, homemade butter on the bread When the first started thinking about Grandma's house was a great big feather It was nine feet high and six feet wide, soft as a downy chicken Made from the feathers for eleven years, took a whole whole crop for the chicken You know, eight kids, four hundred dollars Who is it? Couldn't tell you. It's fun. Makes you want to dance. Makes you want to go to Montana. Here, let me block out my tooth. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, since you don't know. Um, he's passed away now, and he, uh, oh. uh, John Denver. Oh, really? That's John Denver? Yes, that's amazing. Wow. Yes, that was that was that was one of his songs that he did. That uh, let's see, Paulette has something <laughs> to say real quick. <laughs> that I'm fascinated by the fact that you all have been inspired and impacted by different pieces of music. While I love music and agree that and agree that it has charms. To soothe the savage beast, it never brought about a life-altering uh, change for me. I will say that it evokes both good and bad memories for me. But it's not that the event that brought the—it's not the—the the, it was the event that brought the change. The music just brings forth the memory. Yeah, and she said, and at the end, she said it was John Denver. See, you got she it. She knew that. She knew that. John yeah. Denver, what a dude, man. He Are was you awesome? He he was a, he was an an, a, an awfully good singer songwriter, and uh, and stuff and and uh, I I got to see him, you know it was interesting my 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 uh, when I was in high school, and this is a part of the reason why I love music so much. When I was in high school, um, I, there were four of us, and one has passed away now. My my friend uh, Don has passed away, but the the he and his girlfriend and me and. Uh, my girlfriend, and uh, um, she was an avid Elton John. This is back in 1971s. <laughs> Paulette has to add, we hicks know John's music. Yes, we do. <laughs> but back in 1971, uh, Elton John was just breaking onto the scene. I don't know how she found him, but she was buying all of his albums. Uh, Don was uh, uh, John Denver. And uh, I was, of course, Paul McCartney at that time because the Beatles had broken up. And then, uh, um, then there's this next one that I'm going to play for you guys to tell me if you remember this one, um, and who and who did it. Let's see. Uh, you guys can talk, you know, while I'm doing this. It would be. Yeah. We're just looking at how cute you look. <laughs> Ooh, we were trying to put this together. Your two fingers. <laughs> I'm a two finger typist. Operator, oh. girl, she. Put your help, please. This call. 
See the number on the matchbook is old and and that was one of those songs. I think we talked about him before because uh, in this song, um, he had, used, had to use a payphone, and uh, he let her. He let the operator that he had to go through to get the long distance call. He let the operator keep the dime. Kayla, the payphone was a public phone. <laughs> it was I don't know what a found is. in parking lots and, no. and stores. Yeah. <laughs> I know what a payphone is. And you put change in it. Change is metal money in this case. Hey. And you slip it into slots. <laughs> <laughs> and the I'm, dial. Back then, they had the fancy newfangled machines where you push buttons. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but the, yeah, Kayla, the, the question is, have, have you ever used a payphone? Yes. Have you? Yeah. Where? Here in Stanwood, we used to have one um, down by the dollar store and then by the gas station for the longest time. Of course, <laughs> of course, Stanwood would have school. one. They so just haven't was, got out that far yet. To pick it up. Eight, seven, six, so about 2005, 2004, yeah. we had a payphone still in Stanwood. And it made 75 cents that year. It probably was seventy five cents to a dollar to use, yeah. And and Stanwood still has horses, you know, rails for for parking your horse. <laughs> no, you bar, just smell right? cow shit everywhere. <laughs> That's Paul- how I know I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> and Paulette is uh, is defending you. She says you don't have to take that crap from them. Anyway, damn. I won't take it. <laughs> Matt. I was in Clear Lake, Iowa, where we lost Buddy Holly, and the mm. gymnasium he played in the auditorium, they have a pay phone, and they ask people not to use it because they believe Buddy Holly was the last one to make a call there. Ooh, wow. wow. He did, and uh, that you know, that, that was an interesting uh, thing because uh, uh, the Big Bopper paid money to get onto that flight, he wasn't scheduled to be on the flight. There was another uh, famous guy that, uh, go ahead, Matt, you probably know who he is. He bumped Waylon Jennings. That's who, yes. Waylon yeah. Jennings did not like to talk about it. And if he ever did an interview, it was understood in advance. And if that guy dared to talk, he would just get up and leave the studio. He, he carried a cross because that should have been him. So he says. But Richie Valens. And the amazing thing is, is that a guy who was writing a book about Buddy Holly, he went there, he went to the sheriff's office, and it was the same sheriff's office when this happened the day the music died. And he asked that they had memorabilia. And they go, we got kind of a loss and found. Where is it here? The guy pulled out the top through the desk. There was Buddy Holly's glasses. Ooh, fuck. It was just right there. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was one of the that's that's why I keep telling people don't fly. Um, <laughs> I have never. You've never flown? Nope. Never been to a concert either. We can get on that subject. I've never been to a concert. I've never left Washington. I've never done. You'll be to many concerts. Yeah. Concerts have changed now anyway. I don't know. Do they do still do? Well, somebody did a concert recently and. uh What's uh, what's that park in New York? Um, Central. Central Park. Somebody just did a, 
a concert there, but the nature of concerts have changed now. They're they're smaller venues. They don't uh, they're not like T-Mobile Park anymore, or the Kingdom, or you know, it's a whole. In fact, the whole the whole thing about music has changed now. That's probably part of why the '70s is so built around music the way it is, is because of the uh, delivery system of music was so different. A lot of musicians had to get out of retirement, hit the road to cocktail lounges because everything is pirated now on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, because uh, Matt brought this up as as far as uh, the day the music died, do you know what song this is? I know. <laughs> I bet I know already. Well, if I can, if I don't screw it up, which American I pie. I don't know who sings it, though, but I know the song, word for word. I'll let you answer that one, Eric. I, I keep thinking American Pie. That's not the right word for it, is it? Don McLean. Don McLean. But it is American Pie. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music was. Is that the longest pop song in history? It's one of them. Radio it's played. Eight, I knew if I had my chance, eight minutes and thirty-six I seconds. Make those people dance, and maybe they'd be that's happy a, for a while. All the DJs love that one. That that's a toilet flush. But February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to go smoke. You put this on, and away you go. I thought some Iron Butterfly songs got bought you a lot of time. Yeah, yeah they, they did that too. I liked them, however. That's probably why Grateful Dead didn't make it on the radio so much. No, Nobody they, really knew where their songs ended and started anyway. Exactly. And they, yeah. And, yeah. So, um, what you drinking there, buddy? <laughs> oh, very, oh, he's having a Heineken. Heineken. Hey, that's hey. A, very nice. Look at this right here. And, and Burger King. That's and I, right. Just have my coffee. So And I'm the healthiest one here. <laughs> That's because you drank an entire box of wine yesterday. <laughs> box of wine. That was Monday. <laughs> yeah. It had it had a uh, um um uh, a date of like March of <laughs> <laughs> You know, like wine's got the, the year 1985, Chardonnay or whatever. This was like March 2021. Tuesday. <laughs> well, I, I got one for you. We're all from the Puget Sound area. And Danny O'Keefe did one about the Boeing's layoff where the last person leaving Seattle, please turn out the light. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Good times. Charlie's got the blues. Is that where that phrase came from? Good time Charlie's got the blues, yes. I I've got one for you. I'll bet you none of you guys, I don't even I don't I don't even think that you're gonna get this one, Matt. This is uh um let's see. Uh let's see. Let's see. Oh, this is this is a this is a good trivia one. Oh, 
Seen. That was Perry Como originally. Now, this could be the Archies, I don't know, but Perry Como did. Yeah. It's not the Partridge family, is it? There was a television show. Oh. <laughs> There was a television show that uh, this that that played this song, and one of the one of the guys that was an actor at the time, um, got Bobby Sherman. Dad, Paul, that's got, got it. Got paid to be an actor. Here come the brides. <laughs> Here come the brides. It was a television show in the late '60s, and uh, Bobby Sherman. And you're right; it was Perry Como who did the original, and that was uh, it was a big hit, at least around here. And so that's 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 really good. You get you, you, Paulette. I'm telling you, for not for not having music be an important part of your life, you sure are on top. She sure knows a lot. <laughs> yes. yes, she does. Yes, she uh, does. Well, let's listen to the Juds. The Juds. Juds. The Jugs or the Juds. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about watermelons right now. Come on. What is, well, J U D D S. Are they seven? Can can you reference a song? Can, um, rocking in the rhythm of rain. I thought they were older than, younger than seventies. Look at that. They are. Well, you know what? What was? Let's see. Okay. Well, you know this one. Yep, Mama, he's crazy. Mama, I found someone like you said would come along. It's my mom's favorite song. He's a oh. sad. So unlike any man I've known, I was afraid to let him in. Cause I'm not the trusting kind, but now I'm convinced that he's heaven sent and must be out of his mind. Mama, he's crazy, <laughs> crazy over me. Yeah, that's country music and it's fine. Mama, he's fucking nuts. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't play that. Forgive 1984 me. and 1985 is when some of their albums came out. We, you know, in looking at going past, going and dealing with these old songs, these people were actually performers who actually had to sing. And actually had to sing on key. Uh, that's not that's not the case anymore because of auto tune and and you can play an entire band with uh, a keyboard and uh, all of that. It it takes I think it takes away from the art form. What do you think, guys? Yes, I agree. Those I agree. are recordings. It's technology. It's not the musician. Right. It's a, more the producers and and that kind of stuff. But uh, but while we're here, uh, now every Thursday, I'm segwaying segwaying here. Uh, every every Thursday we do we feature um, 
we feature um, um, bands or singer songwriters, and uh, they they all have record contracts. And uh, I wanted to play a couple for you. Um, and this one is a brand new hot, 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 hot single that's out by a guy by the name of uh, Tommy. I have to look that up. But uh, the name of the song is Hearts on Fire. I'd like you guys' opinion of it. Okay, what do you think of that one? Like a pop rock? Yeah, I think I think so. Um, I'm a pop rock kind of kind of guy. Um, I, Eric, what do you think? Aaron, I think it's got. I'm losing. I think it's got some sort of a rocky pushback, and I mean that. Or Rocky Recall, because I had this nostalgic feel to it. And any really good music that's meant to really pull you in has this uh, nostalgic feel, a way to make it interpersonal, make you uh, latch on to it for your own, for your very own reasons. And when he said uh, he was bought and sold, you know, there's a point of uh, mm, a little bit, for lack of a better word at this point, a little bit of anger, a little bit of... Uh, humility that he's ready to unleash himself and find a better path forward so and with the groove of the music in that simple four four and uh, a pretty even keel through the piece there weren't a lot of dynamics to it it was a straightforward piece of music i think it's got a nice drive forward and uh, i thought it was a pretty solid piece of music oh very nice you actually had a, a thought that made sense that's that's really good <laughs> This helps. This helps. There we go. Let me do another one of these. It's that like Hoochie Mintrell. It's played. Now, I got, head on. I, got a question. I got a question for you guys that just snuck up on me because of something you said, uh, Eric. And that is, has there been, for either in, any one of you, has there been a song that absolutely changed the uh, uh, direction of your life? <laughs> yes. What what was it? I'm thinking John John Cage's four minutes thirty-three seconds. <laughs> I try and, he, and I tried to hook that one up and you did it. I, I did hook it up and you I said I don't hear it. anything. Explain why I didn't hear anything. Exactly why you did not hear anything. And this is a piece that uh, I both revere 
I'd love to make fun of because it's that kind of piece. And it was made in 1954. So we have to be clear about that, that it's sort of outside of the time frame that we're talking about. But because it's an experimental piece of music, and John Cage, I have to say, is from Seattle. And those people, are you guys familiar with John Cage? The, the name only. He was a avant-garde uh, composer. And he was always somebody that was out there in the midst. And he is somebody that I met. He taught at Cornish. And he wasn't teaching when I was there, but he came back for sort of a retrospective concert. He didn't, uh, of music that was played in his honor. He didn't actually uh, lead the group. But anyway, this piece was fundamental in so many reasons because it's been performed numerous times by a wide variety of instrument, instrumentation across the world. You can have absolutely any instruments play this piece of music, which is a gathering of instruments of uh, professional musicians that get on stage very seriously and the audience is very quiet when they get on stage and they sit and they prepare themselves and the piece begins and there's silence for four minutes and 33 seconds and what the piece what the concept is is that it's about ambient sound so it draws the audience in and you listen and it changes based on the environment and the individuals are there because now you're listening to people breathing. You're listening to the sound of the space, the coughing, the cars that might be driving by, any incidental sounds that might happen, that becomes part of the piece. And that questions the very fundamental aspects of music. What is music? Anything more than organized sound. And that's the poetry of the piece. That's something that uh, I've had to ponder for my whole life, and that is why I both revere it and I make fun of it constantly. In fact, I just wrote a piece on Facebook about it where I wrote uh, a, a writing and response to John Cage's 4 minute 33 seconds, and then I returned, 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 put a bunch of empty space and said, thank you for reading. <laughs> <laughs> He, you, you're very funny. I, can you forward that to me? And uh, it's a meditational uh, state, though. That it's putting people in that you were just describing. It's a meditational state. You're Excellent. you're you're blanking it out and making a negative, and, and you're tuning into all the the surroundings that are around you. So I I can dig the four minute and thirty three minutes of silence. <laughs> Perfectly said. Because musicians, yeah. above everything else, they are the best listeners that exist. Music is all about listening. It's not performing is less than half of what being a musician is. That's that's very profound. Very, that's, very that's, profound. That's the truth. Any musician would tell you that. It's more about listening than it is uh, actually performing. Mm -hmm. You know, that avant garde stuff is interesting because that actually changed the course of a famous musician's life. Um, he was, he went to, and, and Matt will know this story, I'm sure well, he went to this um, avant-garde uh, uh, showing that was being put on by a young lady by the name of Yoko Ono, and there was a, there was a, uh, um, um, a stepladder there, and you know the story, uh, Matt? Not exactly. There are so many of them, but keep going, Kevin. 
he there was a step ladder there and and at the very top was a, a something on the ceiling that was written very small and uh and so you the, the idea of the of the thing was that you climb the step ladder to read what was written there and i believe it said something like love or i or or something and john lennon climbed that those uh um uh, the step ladder to look to see what was written there and then he had to meet yoko ono and that's how they got together uh, it was was because of because of the avant-garde thing but i have a story that i don't think i've ever told i know i haven't told the u3 so I, and so when i was uh, um living in portland in uh, uh, 1976 i was there with uh, my girlfriend at the time and uh um we went to a movie and we went to this movie and i had no idea what it was but i knew that it was a sports film so we needed to see it and it started off with this I think. TV show was this on? <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a TV show. It's Anybody know the name of it? <laughs> it had to have been like it was Brian Matlock song. or something. Matlock, yes, that was Matlock. <laughs> Is it Matlock? Am I right? Yeah, it was the lunch scene. They were running towards the cafeteria lunch. Yeah, but it <laughs> they wanted to get it, that right? tomato soup first. But But does anybody remember what movie? (laughs) Three of us know what it was. (laughs) So, Kayla, just just for your information, that was Bill Conti did that, and that was the theme from Rocky. And so we went. Oh, okay. No, I get it. Now they can stop. Eric Eric has this thing about trying to sell you a bridge. Just walk away. (laughs) Sorry. It had to have been in. No. No. You're right, though. So so I went went and saw that movie, and shortly after that, I moved back to Seattle. And I was hearing that song on the radio all the time. And so I decided that I was going to go downtown to a place on 7th and Union. It was called the Eagles Gym. And the Eagles Gym was a pretty well-renowned boxing gym. And uh, I ran into a guy by the name of Joe Toro, who was there. He, he was at the same time as Ibar Arrington, Boone Kirkman, um, and a bunch of others that, that were working out of that gym. And he convinced me that, uh, that, uh, <laughs> Paula says, I didn't mean it, Kayla. I'm apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. No, I'm just <laughs> And in any event, I decided that I was going to become a boxer. And so he told me, and this is when the time when Mar- Marvelous Marvin Hagler was the middleweight champion of the world. 
Mm-hmm. And he was convinced because I had a real strong punch that I could, um, I, if I trained hard enough, that I could uh, become a champion. I could become a champion of the world. Damn, dude. As, as a boxer. And so I trained and I trained a little bit. And one of the things that he did, they had a AAU contract with, uh, um, with Monroe reformatory right up where, uh, in Monroe, where by where Kayla lives more so. And, uh, um, he would take amateur boxers up there and they'd match them with like skilled guys. And then you would, they, we would have uh, boxing matches with, with the inmates. And uh, so I have to set this up. The way the, the way the gym was, there was uh, the the boxing match was in the middle, and then you had a row on one side and a row on the other, and uh, the, it was filled with people. And the um, one one uh, one side had all white people, the other side had all black people, except there were like three or four white guys with the black guys, and vice versa, because they were the boyfriends of somebody in that particular group. So it was a little odd. That we were there, but uh, so I got to I got to fight. That was my first fight, and uh, I probably hadn't prepared quite enough because when you're in when you're in jail, you have got nothing else to do but to train. And he also uh, the gentleman that I fought also was, um, let's say he'd had a tougher time in life than me. I was a middle 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 income middle income kid, and I considered boxing a sport. He considered it a blood sport. And so um, I got in the ring with him. And the first, I hit him, I hit him hard the first time, almost knocked him out in the first round. And, uh, but he survived that. And then I was a little tired and, and he figured my, my, uh, um, my style out. And so in the middle of the second round, he pushed me up against the ropes. And you know, when they say, I don't know if you've ever been in the ring, but the, the, um, the referee will say, Protect yourself at all times. They mean it. Protect yourself at all times. Because I got pushed up against the ropes, and the referee stepped in between us to uh, separate us. And I dropped my hands, and he hit me with a right hand, uh, which knocked me down and uh, knocked me out. Um, And I hit my face on the mat, which was a very hard surface. And uh, um, I got up at the count of five. I was very proud of that. I got up at the count of five, but I saw two of everything. And then uh, the uh, I went over to my corner, and the uh, I started bleeding profusely out of my nose. And uh, the referee, who was wearing a white shirt, came up, and uh, he, he put his hand on my shoulder, and I, I turned with him, and I was still breathing hard, so I, I spit blood all over his white shirt. Oops. So he was not very happy with me about that, and so they had to. They took me to the hospital, and I had I had broken my my right cheek, um, and uh, and so that had to be uh, surgically repaired, and that was God the end man. of my boxing career. And but that wow. was, but that was all because. So I feel like I should sue Sylvester Stallone for that. <laughs> Cause, cause I would he, too. <laughs> But it's all his fault that I thought that I was going to be. But they told me, they said, you know, you're going to you you because I had a powerful punch. I ju- and I could take a punch, but uh, my my uh, uh, bones couldn't take it. So, that, but you're that's get your ass kicked is what my mind's thinking right now. Damn, you want to mess with anybody that's in that's prison? Rough. They have a yeah. thrive drive, and but, when man. they're in there, all they want to do is bear they don't drop the soap but they want to work out all the time 
they got to brace themselves for when they come back out. And when they're in there, that's their meditation zone. They're pumped. They're amped. They're beefy. (laughs) Like, they're ready to kill strike. They have that drive. Yeah, Monroe's got a motto, you know. They, they even sell these uh, in T-shirts in Monroe. You can buy it in a, any of the gift shops. It's Monroe, a good place to visit for the day or of the lifetime. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing about that is that they, they I walked away and I went to the, uh, have you ever, have you ever been hurt to the point where when you, when you <laughs> walk away and, 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 and like, because of the it's a prison the the infirmary door was closed and you had to get somebody's permission and the guy opened the door and he looked at me like and he was started to get sick to his stomach because <laughs> I was bleeding all over the place i looked there so they put me in an ambulance they took me in the, and but while i was doing all of that apparently they announced that uh i had been taken to uh the hospital and every and and all these inmates started cheering and so there's, there's one, I'm told, and I wasn't there, obviously, but I'm told that this, this, this huge black man with muscles everywhere got on and got in the ring and he grabbed the microphone and he told everybody to shut up and, and, that, the, and that that was inappropriate and all that kind of stuff. But, but right. uh, I wasn't there for that part. Um, yeah. yeah. So, the, but, so that, was, that was the end of my boxing career because I, and which actually that turned out to be a good thing because I still have some faculties left. And um, had I continued boxing, I would have no faculties at all. So it, it, it worked out well. Fascinating, dude. That's my story. Fascinating <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I felt sorry for some of these guys because, which I personally believe now, this is off the topic, but I personally, I personally believe the boxing should be outlawed. Because there are there are people that they they get hit enough and they get punchy and they can't do even Boone Kirkman, who was a uh, boxer of note, he fought George Foreman and and others and he was in the top ten. He he's punch drunk now. His his Kirkman is yeah yeah he. Yeah, he he wasn't he didn't have all that many faculties to begin with, but he was one of those guys that stood in front of you and could hit you harder than you could hit him. But he got hit yeah. off, so yeah. so he only survived two two rounds with George Foreman, uh, and he was knocked out. But, See, but I, huh? Years ago, boxing was outlawed at the college level because they were averaging two deaths a year, and they Jesus. finally enough's enough. So it's no longer in collegiate sports, right? And 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 it's nor should it be. It still goes on, and now now that you got the MMA, which is even worse. But anyway, that's a story for another time. We're talking about music, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Lunch Club, and this is um, the 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 Lunch Group. We're going to be doing all kinds of fun stuff in the future. We're going to go have uh, um, do the podcast from a facility. <laughs> A, a, like a lunch place and and stuff like that. We're, and once we get our act together and and find figure out the technology, but that'll that that'll be great fun, don't you think, guys? Well, I'm awesome. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Happy hour and happy hour. Cake. We'll- <laughs> cake. That's right. We can cake. take around our seven layers of cake and have conversation. And, yeah. <laughs> 
So, so uh, the, the, actually, I should ask you guys in the, in the local area here or a national chain, if you will, what's your favorite restaurant, Eric? My favorite restaurant? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I, I, I mean, there's, I go to restaurants for different reasons. I'm, I'm one of those people. Um, I, you know, if, if you want good food, you know, of course, that's a whole different thing. If you want convenience and, and timing, that's a different subject. I have to say, I go to Denny's is one of my favorite places. I go to a specific Denny's because of the wait staff. They are so good. And the food is delivered quickly and it's right by work. So everything goes by clockwork. I know exactly what the food's going to be like. So that's one of my favorite places. But also one of my favorite places is uh, the Salmon Bay Cafe, Salmon Creek Cafe, which serves unusually good food, things you'd never see on a menu at, at any other place. That's absolutely delicious. The service is just fine. The seats are horrible. You know, they're they're hard and they're 90 degree things. So you ca you can't. My my hip stiffens up. I have a hard time getting back out the door, but I love the food and they're nice people and they're family owned. Um, so I like going there. And I discovered a great restaurant over the weekend called the Cheeky Cafe, which is a Japanese Hawaiian owned restaurant that also has one of those unique menus. It's a. Uh, uh, unique to themselves at the definitely a family style restaurant that's uh, wonderful but man there's so many great restaurants especially in seattle because we all love to eat and all of us here man i can tell you know we're gonna we're gonna have a good time and find a find a lot of great places to go you know no exactly matt how about you well, I love the Pizza Casa in Lakewood, and I'm going to call that Seattle because you just go a little down the freeway south. Eventually, there it is off the freeway. Now, one of the things about this, I've done shows on it. Eileen Grimes does her reading after dark for the astrology. That's a very popular thing. You walk in there, it's the 1950s, alive and well. You hear the Rat Pack music. You hear Sammy Davis. You hear Dean Martin. And the place is haunted big time. Okay. Each and every server had plenty of stories, and they toured me the place a few times, and I did some fun shows with it. And so they have a back section where guys like us could sit back there, set up the mics and everything, and uh, have quite a show. You know, it's interesting because uh, we've picked up, and you'll appreciate this, Matt, we've picked up a kindred spirit. And Kayla May, she enjoys haunted places as well. Uh, I knew I liked her. <laughs> and your husband, okay? <laughs> yes, and by, and by the way, I've told everybody that, and uh, I'll tell our audience now, that Kayla May is now Director of Digital Media for, for the uh, podcast and for the show. And uh, so she's going to be working with digital media to get us out there. And her husband is uh, going to do the web designing for the, uh, for, for the podcast for the mindependentreport.com. So that, that'll be good. That'll be cool. That'll be cool. Um, Eric, do you know, oh, Kayla, your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant. Ooh, Jimmy's pizza and pasta right here in Stanwood. Is there a horse, horse hitch in front of it? No, I'm kidding. I had to think for I'm a driven minute. by that. <laughs> just down the street from the Standard Hotel. Is there a payphone there? Is there a? Yep, just down the street from the Standard Hotel. Yep. 
and then salty oh, by the payphone yeah yeah by one of them oh yeah so isn't, isn't the isn't the stanwood hotel one of the places you've gone to that's haunted I went on the outside and a guy came calling security because he was the owner. It was shut down because of the virus thing. So I was kind of on my tippy toes looking through the glass. And of course, I'm a sore thumb. Everybody in town knows everybody. You know, the neighbors called and I had to do some quick talking. And how I talked, that didn't help out in the middle of the night. So did they I was think on the front deck. I was in the back door, all sides that. No flashlight, though. That would have killed it. I'm looking for ghosts. That would work. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that, was, that was it. You know, how many fingers? You know, that type of yeah. thing. <laughs> they thought you were a peeping Tom looking I'll at remember that uh, one. I'll remember that one. I'm looking for ghosts. <laughs> I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> hey, I check out cemeteries, and I've done them at night. And quick, what are you doing here? And they don't want to hear that one. They've heard enough Jeffrey Dahmer stories. <laughs> I'm yes. looking for dinner. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I'm having a barbecue next week. <laughs> I'm but sorry. I apologize. I, I I'm sorry. I have to tell this old. Do you remember the? Do you remember the joke that was? What did Lorena Bobbitt or what did uh, Jeffrey Dahmer say to Lorena Bobbitt? <laughs> You're gonna eat that. <laughs> sorry. Oh boy. Oh boy. I couldn't help myself. But uh, um, but but Eric, the thing is, I, you I, know, she did at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla, are you thinking twice about being with us? Not not once, <laughs> not at all. But at, at that point, it was still attached. I'm imagining. <laughs> and, and, I could have stopped because. <laughs> What a but what a story and well never mind, I'm not going to go down that road. Um, but but I worked for Denny's for three years back in 1977 to 1980. Yeah, when which was a long time ago. And uh, Denny's gets an unfair rap sometimes. You know, I mean, you know, they're not the best food. You don't go there for the food. Who nobody goes there for the food. You go there because they're convenient, and they're. They're just, you know, good service. And, and it's a dollar or two more than fast food. And you get a comfortable place to sit. Yeah. Okay. So, Eric, translate yeah. for me. What is S M H? Shaking my head. Like, nah. So, Kayla and Matt, next next time we get together next Wednesday, can we talk about haunted places? I'd love it. Do we have a vote? Vote, yeah, I agree. Kayla would like to do it, and I, I'll, I'll sit in. Eric, absolutely, sure. So you, Eric, I love the fact that you're taking this seriously enough that, like last time, you were wearing a suit and tie. Today, you look like a power child of the '60s. So, what will you do if we're if we're in pursuit of ghosts? Oh, I have no idea. A white sheet. <laughs> <laughs> the little holes cut out. Yeah. No, no because. <laughs> Somebody will accuse him of being a member of the KKK. There we go. This works. 
That, that works. That works. <laughs> Have a little thing dangling in the background. <laughs> He's got a little thing dangling in the background. Hey, hey, none of that. <laughs> you guys make my cheeks hurt too bad. Oh. <laughs> So, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the, see, that's that's the nature of this thing. <laughs> that's, gonna have to take some aspirin because he's not used to trying so hard not to smile right now because it hurts. <laughs> Matt, help us. We were initially talking about music. Can I throw oh, one, yeah. of my, right. one of my all-time favorites? One of my all-time favorites. I have a thing about storms. I love storms at the ocean. Oh, I like walking through yeah. fields. I, I love that. It's called Willow Weep for Me. It was written in 1932 by Anne Ronell. Now, here's the thing. It wasn't published for a while because, number one, Anne was female. This is 1932. Number two, she was greatly inspired by George Gershwin, and in that era, you are not supposed to dedicate or write in honor of a composer. There's just some unwritten rule about the recording industry. But several years later, it got out. And people like Steve Miller, Frank Sinatra, Chad and Jeremy, Diana Washington, and I would say several hundred others have done it. I had a Count Basie album, and he did an instrumental. just beautiful. This is a song you're talking about, Matt. Yes. But what I love about the song is we've all been heartbroken and we have those permanent wounds. And as someone looking out on a dreary night, watching a big willow tree withstand a storm, and that those branches are being tossed around and holding together as we do in pain. And he wanted to go out there because he could stand under that tree and those branches can cover him so that the stars in all of life can't see him flying over hard, broken hearts. Listen to my plea. Well, you know, this doesn't even sound... Sinatra had a good voice when he was young. All the way through. And by the way, Paulette, Paulette says that uh, she's worried about you today, Matt. Okay, well, <laughs> you're one of many. <laughs> so, so I have to ask, since Paulette is is listening, I have to I have to ask, what do you think of this new format, Paulette? Do you like it? And she'll she'll respond to that when she gets around to it. But uh, this is this is this is well. But this is this is what makes this is what makes a great podcast. It makes it a lot of fun. It's Kayla and the three turds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was one of the names that we were thinking about calling ourselves instead of the lunch club. It was going to be, and I don't know how we got to the three turds, but it it came because um, of my it, turds of joy in the pool that I put up. <laughs> she, she just she just put up a new backyard tool, pool and she's got a three-year-old and a ten-year-old and there's bound to be a turd that floats in there sometime in the sometime in the future 
going to get caddyshacked at some point. Well, she did it to my sister, so I don't think damn well she ain't going to do it to mine. <laughs> it's it's the baby Ruth. Uh, what was that caddyshack that the baby Ruth was in? Well, there was a movie that they that there Goonies. was a yeah. Was that was that Goonies or was that uh, I think it was Caddyshack, wasn't it? Was I, I don't yeah, Caddyshack, wasn't it? Where, where they had the picture bum, of, the, of the of the of the yeah. <laughs> Bum, with, bum, with the with the uh, uh, Jaws theme, yeah, that was that was that was fun. So so very very good, um, Matt. There was another song that you wanted to reference, wasn't there? Well, there's always a bunch of them. I loved Wichita Lineman because in '68, when Glenn Campbell came out with that, that really made country music go deeper into the rest of the music world. Wichita Lineman, and that was written by Jimmy Webb. And then you get these behind-the-scenes stories of what a song was all about. And when the Beatles were going to India to get further enlightened, the Maharishi, I can't pronounce his entire name here, but the song Sexy Sadie, Lendy Lennon wrote it about him, kind of in protest, satire, because he was playing grandfather a little bit with some of the this younger is a women. customer story. All right. And so it's it's interesting the stories behind the scene why a song was written. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well and and uh they when they went to the uh, Maharishi, I'm trying to do this one and I don't know that I can. Uh let's see if do that. Jack and Barbara, professional wildlife photographers. And no, we don't want that. For 30 years. Oh, never mind. Um, I was trying to get you Wichita lineman, but you know, did you know that uh, um, um, Glenn Campbell was he played with the uh, Beach Boys? Yes, he and Conway Twitty did. That's right. Conway That's right. Twitty, really? Yes, he did. That's right. Man, didn't, didn't Glenn Campbell have a? A punk band played a lot of his music too. They covered uh, Glenn Campbell's songs in punk style. I wouldn't probably. Uh, Marvel at him. Yeah, he was an incredible guitar player. Yeah, he was. It was. He was underrated as a guitar player. He could do abs. He was like George Harrison. He was not a show off, but he had it. Did you ever see him do the uh, song with his with the guitar behind his back? No, Jimi Hendrix thing. Yeah, it it was it was just amazing. And okay, now I think I can do this. There you go. For those that have never heard Glenn Campbell, this is what he sounded like. County and I drive the main road searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wire and the witch of tall London 
is still on the line. Well, we can't play. <laughs> that is our 30 seconds worth. Eric, if you and I could yeah. go back to Kevin's early childhood and just simply buy him one of those clothes and plays they had, remember that? I had you one. Yeah, I remember it? that. Okay, because I think that he's, I think Kevin's reaching out to us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I, I, I've got a new toy. I just thought I'd share. Now, we have to talk about disco music of, of the 70s. We haven't mentioned disco at all. And where where would the world be without Chic? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, where would rap music be, you know, without Chic? I mean, uh, pick any song, Kevin. Pick any uh, song by Chic. And it's been cut and used uh, a thousand times. I've got I've got one for you. When I was hey, you'll appreciate this, uh, Eric. As I was opening restaurants uh, for Denny's, I went to San Jose, California, and uh, I opened the restaurant there, and I was on the opening team. And what that means is that uh, you you go there, you go Celebrate. there, yeah. Well, you go there first of all. You go there before the store even opens, yeah. And you clean it up, and you put all the equipment in. And oh, good. I'm glad you clean it. Then you help hire the staff. And then, and then you train the staff and then you work the, there for like three or four weeks or, or a month or a month and a half, uh, just as a supervisor of the, of the folks. And, uh, in this particular, in this particular place, there was a young waitress by the name of Terry. And uh, I was a 20 year old kid and I was, uh, you know, busy with girls trying to be. And so we got together this girl and I and I of course I live in Seattle and she's in San Jose so we were so the, the night before I left I had to fly back to Seattle and I was still working for them and we uh, um, went to a disco cool for those of you who don't know what a disco is it's kind of like a club is now only it, it, they played they played music and and so we were sitting there we were, you played real music yeah <laughs> Not what they do today, I'm, I'm afraid. So we were we were sitting there, and this song came on. Oh yeah, I will survive. Yes, I was afraid. I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you. That's gonna leave the room. But then I see <laughs> you did me wrong, and I grew strong. And I learned how to get along and so you're back from out of space. I just walked in to find you here. Too bad we can't hear the bass part on that. I should have in choir. Did choir? God, you guys had a cool choir. I'd have known for just one second you'd be back to bother me. Oh, now go. Walk out the door. And then I laughed. Just turn around now. You're not welcome anymore. Gloria Gator could say, man. Yeah, that was that was, and she looked at me after that song play and said, "That's your song from now on." <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wonderful to be tied into that one. <laughs> it was. It was. 
So that's so as you can see, music has had a very <laughs> important and influential moments in my life. Um, it, it's been great fun, but anyway. So and I and I never saw her again. You know, and uh, we really we really had a good time, but uh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, it really was, but uh, that's that's what happened. So, but I just thought that was ever so. Every time I hear that song, I'm going, I wonder what ever happened to her. So anyway, well, nothing beats a nightclub with live music, you know. Oh, I know. And what was the other band that you were talking about? Chic, chic. I see. Bring any any of celebrate. Bring up celebrate. Oh, celebrate! Of course, you know everybody knows that song. But boy, I got to see Ray Charles live. Um, shook his hand at at Parker's. You guys remember Parker's very well? Yeah, got to see him there. Earthwind or not Earthwind? Power Power. Yeah, my brother would go like pay five dollars to see Chicago there. Cheap. Yeah. Of course, you know five bucks is a little more in those days. But that was really that's really the way to see a band, you know. Where the they shake their head and, and you get the, the sweat on, you know. Another one. That's not it. That's not it. C H I C. Kayla's watching Karma. She <laughs> likes this. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, and the name of the band again is what? C H I C. C H I. Isn't that chick? <laughs> In a hickish sort of way, sure. <laughs> no, he left us here all alone. I would too. Is that chick? <laughs> That's a good time to leave. What do you call There's my cue. Caleb, I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. Kayla, were you smart and you're not letting anybody know in Stanwood about this show that's on? <laughs> you can walk around town and there's no embarrassment, no ribbing. Eric Paul never heard Matt. Oh, come on. You know? <laughs> know. Don't all know what you're talking that are about. Following me. No, all the people that are following me are from around Stanwood. Oh, oh did you say incidentally that that pizza place was haunted? <laughs> no, the pizza place isn't haunted. The hotel's haunted. The hotel is big time. Yeah. Yeah. The hotel's definitely. And trust haunted. me, they watch it very closely at night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't want people peeking in the windows, eh, Matt? <laughs> no, it's like a um, what do you want to call that? Security Rent -a -room type thing. <laughs> you you were wearing oh, a room, room hotel. Well, you're getting yourselves into by the hour. Um, <laughs> you were you weren't wearing a trench coat at the time, were you? <laughs> Years ago, we had a thief at the plant I retired from, and I ran the mill by myself, and stolen things eventually ended up there. And um, they're talking to the bosses about who they thought. They go, Matt? No, he'd never be able to get it out of here. You know, that type of clumsiness and everything. No, I, I was a sore thumb in Stanwood. <laughs> you were a sore thumb in Stanwood? Oh, for that. I stood out. I think anybody that comes in this tan woods is sore thumb. <laughs> I 
gotta be from here in order to understand it. Well, Stanwood's not that old. You became a city, what, in the 70s or something like that? Yeah, it was pretty recent. Very, yeah, in the 70s. I think Hagen there you go. came in, there you I go. Think in the 90s. We had a pavilion down here for the longest time. Now, we go old school this way, guys. If you're familiar with dance, that's where the, the Vogue. Yeah. Remember that dance? Vogue. That's that's this. I'm sure you'll be amazed. Big fun to be had by everyone. Yeah, and they they were actually very popular for a period of time. Oh. Yeah, what's his name? The guy that uh, put together the group, he's been an influential uh, producer since then. Yeah, you know, you know because I, I, I was a doorman and a bartender at an entertainment bar at South Center. It was called the Infinity Lounge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've been around. The hotel, the very top of it. Yeah, See, you're the adorable man they were talking gifts. about. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what, Kayla? You're a man of multiple gifts. <laughs> either that or i've had way too many jobs maybe <laughs> <laughs> and and we would i mean we would play i mean that was celebration would come up every night this would come up every night um um a lot of even some chicago tunes would come up what about but, michael jackson uh, oh yeah uh, he was he was yeah, about him though oh well yeah if you start <laughs> yeah. talking about him Man, he had good songs. Oh, he's a master. He's a master. I think we were pretty damn lucky to be around when he was doing his thing. You know, all kidding aside, and put away, put his personal life, you know, pretty far around the corner and down the street, and you know, put that nightmare out of our heads, and just take a look at him as a performer. What a what a rare treat that is for us to see. Elizabeth Taylor said he was the most normal man I've ever met. She defended him. Yeah, I believe her because she had kind of a wacky life. <laughs> yeah. Didn't she? So, <laughs> you know, she, you got to take consider the source there. Didn't she marry? <laughs> didn't she marry uh, uh, Richard Burton and Eddie Fisher twice each? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'll do respect to her because she's a wonderful lady, you know. Can you hear the Human bang. Yeah. Honestly, we're out of gas. <laughs> so, we're out of gas. There's a guy that changed the whole view of music. Wasn't that the video that changed uh, pretty much everything? This, yeah. This is different. What are Didn't you Thriller, about? like, change your whole... Yep. This this is actually the video. Isn't that thriller? Yes. This. Are you alright? Shut up! Yeah, Michael Jackson's scary. That was before makeup too. What I do? There we go. I had to skip ahead. It's totally a movie. 
Scared, weren't you? Okay. I wasn't that scared. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you were too. Now this is interesting. Bring up Michael Murphy. Oh, Wildfire. Uh, the other Michael Murphy. Although that's not a bad one, but Michael Murphy, the disco guy that incorporated classical music. Okay, and Murphy. Beethoven's Fifth. Michael Murphy, Beethoven's Fifth. Or how about Firebird Suite? Michael Murphy, Firebird Suite. Let's see if I can, let's see. Michael Murphy songs. Um, wow, this is this is Wildfire. Um, you may have the wrong name because this is... Play this in college, Michael Murphy. Play that. You guys have to remember this one. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her oh, yeah. The Starlight Vocal Band. <laughs> gonna have some of us some afternoon delight. Yoo hoo! Thinking of you, working up a good time, looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Rubbing sticks and stones together, make the sparks ignite. And the thought of loving you is getting so excited. Skyrockets in flight. All right, this one's this one's worth five bucks if you can tell me who it is. Must have a code. Oh, easy. That you can live by. Who is it? And so. Cosby Stills Nash. I owe him five bucks. Well, I owe you some royalty money. <laughs> oh, good. Have we sold some? That's good. We got a little bit. Uh, let me. And feed them on your dreams. The one they fix. The one you know by Don't you ever ask them why If they told you you would cry So just look at them and sigh And know they love you All right, 
I'm having Michael too much. Murphy. You're right, Paulette. It was Michael, Michael Murphy. Murphy. Thank you, Paulette. Michael Murphy. And there you go. Yeah. I said a groundbreaking one. Willie Nelson or Johnny Cash? Any of you guys listen to them? Johnny Cash? Oh, yes. Oh, Willie yeah. Nelson, too? Oh, yes. you bet. Stardust. Yeah. Who sings trailers for Sailor Rent? Oh, that oh, was um, man. King of Roger Miller. I think you're right. King of the Road. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I grew up on. My grandma and grandpa. Oh, yes. That's good mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash. Just all of them back. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Antonio. Did it ever get better than Captain Antonio? Now, that nope. guy had a cool hat. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of food. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Boy named Sue. Poor guy. My fist got hard, my wits got keen. Roamed from town to town to hide my shame. But I made me a vow to the moon and stars. I'd search the honky tonks and bars and kill that man and give me that awful name. This is a live concert at San Quentin. There's the right song to play. My throat was dry. I thought I'd stop and have myself a groove. At an old saloon on a street of mud, there at a table, dealing stud, such a dirty mangy dog that named me Sue. Well, I knew that snake was my own sweet dad from a worn-out picture that my mother had, and I knew that scar on his cheek and his evil eye. He was big and bent and gray and old, and I looked at him, and my blood ran cold, and I said, My name is Sue! How do you do? <laughs> oh, that is just... You know, there, there is so much good music out there, and, and it, 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 it transcends all genres and, and all of that. Uh, it, <laughs> Paulette won't lie. She was never a Cash fan, I know. Shame on me. No, that just makes you a cheap date. <laughs> she's a credit card girl is that what you're saying <laughs> oh, i'm gonna okay on wednesdays i'll get him for you girl don't worry <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're just tuning in this is the lunch club uh we are gonna do this every wednesday it, it this this makes me smile because we have a lot of fun doing this and and it is and it's it's a great combination of of uh Kayla, did you like Marty Robbins? I, I'd have to listen to a song of it. Marty Robbins? Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of them. He was just before Johnny Cash, but they kind of same era together. He did lots of them. You would know him. Hmm. Well, let's see. Don't worry about me It's all over now Though I may be blue 
This is one of those. I got to tell you, that is. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Kayla. My face hurts so bad every Wednesday. I'm working muscles that I don't use during the week. I have rusty bitch face all the rest of the time. Oh, I gotta tell you. <laughs> so, so now, um, I do have to tell you a, a, a bit of a somber story, if I might, just real quick. Um, last October, my brother uh, um, passed away, and they called me on a Monday. And to say that he wasn't doing well and he had a bad weekend and that he had stage four uh, uh, lung cancer that had metastasized long ago and he had brain. It was in his brain and it was everywhere else. And, and the um, gentleman that he was staying with was playing like like uh, Amazing Grace and stuff like that. And he was like, no, I don't want to listen to Amazing Grace. And so I, he called me and we talked for a little bit. And this is and I told him about and I told you guys earlier the song that uh that I want to have played when they celebrate my life, and this is that. So they are required to play that just in case none of my family survives. You guys are required to play that. (laughs) My mom's going to make them sing Danny and Lizzie Dancing in the Sky for her funeral. Dancing in the Sky? By Danny and Lizzie. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Because she knows I can hit the notes. (laughs) So are you a singer? Yes. I told you I sing. Well, why don't you sing then? Because I'm bashful. <laughs> oh, well, this this is what they're going to play for you, apparently. Tell me what does it look like in heaven? Is it peaceful? Is it free like they say? Does the sun shine bright forever? Have your fears and your pain gone away? Cause here on earth it feels like everything good is the same since you left. And here on earth, everything's different. There's an emptiness. Oh, I, I hope you're dancing in the sky. And I hope you're singing in the angels' wide. And I hope the angels know what they have. I've been so nice, oh, and heaven since you arrived. So tell me what do you do? Then that that's very good. And uh by the way, um um there you go. <laughs> This is Paul Bon Request. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. 
think it was five when that song came out. In Rose's Cantina, music would play and footy new world. Blacker than night were the eyes of Felina, wicked and evil while casting a spell. My love was deep for this Mexican maiden. I was in love, but in vain I could tell. One night a wild young cowboy came in, wild as the West Texas wind. Dancing and daring a drink he was sharing. Oh, that's all I get to play. But that that was uh, um, recorded in 1959, which Marty Robbins, which by the way was 62 years ago. Doesn't make you feel old. Of course, you weren't even born yet. Neither neither of you dudes. No, Matt, you're my age, so you were born. Um, Kayla's daddy hadn't been born yet. Um, So that's that's we transcend generations there. So, but uh, and and we're 64. He was born when? He was 64 when he passed away. What year was he born? <clears throat> yeah, he, that goes back before that. And probably does. Yeah, but not, but not by a ton. Not by a little bit. So so tell me, guys, and we need to wrap this up because we've been going for, can you believe it? We've been going for almost two hours. Time flies, man. When yeah. you have fun. <laughs> so I will, we'll do this live on air. I want your guys' opinion. What do you think? Is this is this a winner? Is this going to be fun to do? Oh yeah, Eric, you first. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm digging it. I, you know, two hours feels like the right amount of time. It, it does to me too. It does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Paulette says, "Y'all were on fire today." <laughs> you know, it 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 feels good. It feels right. It feels Matt, what do you think? Oh, the chemistry's awesome, and hell, this is a crowd we hang out with. Yeah. Yeah, we'd hang out anyway. <laughs> we might as well have other people enjoy, you know, break down the fourth wall. Kayla, what do you think? Do you mind hanging out with a bunch of old men? No, you guys are my three little turds. I love it. <laughs> Kevin. I absolutely love the show. I love being a part of this. I love being around you guys. Like I said, my face hurts. It's going to hurt now, like two days after. I'm going to have to wait until next Wednesday and I'm going to have to do it all over again. You know, you guys are amazing. I love the demeanor, the dynamic. Just, you guys are a hoot. <laughs> and you know what's fun is that the longer I go do this, the more interesting it becomes because the more I can do with it. Now I've can in court, I, we've got the power of the complete internet that we can bring on and, uh, and can give us uh, audio from anything we want to on the internet. I didn't know I could do that until today. So I'm real pleased. And as I understand it, we can be mobile, right? We can go out and actually walk around and do stuff, right? So we can go into museum. We can go into like museum of history and industry and go into all those old Seattle displays and talk about, you know, pre-war Seattle, post-war Seattle, have these great discussions, right? Yeah. As long as we've got internet, we can do anything. God, it's amazing. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> that would be. And Paulette says the chemistry is amazing. She's, she's right on, right on, baby. We could even uh, go to Montana then. 
we know, could. You guys have you guys still have that? You guys have payphones in in Montana, right, Paula? <laughs> yeah, like dial up. Is that how you do that? You do dial. Up? I got the two tin cans and that twine. Is, is that how they do it now? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it when I was a kid. Hello. All right. Bring your horse, she says. <laughs> bring your horse. So very good. All right, guys. We've got to wrap this up because I've got I've got another one I'm gonna do. I've got to do a test right after this, and then I've got another one at four. So I, I need to go uh like pee or something. He needs okay. a pee thirty. Yep. Matt, I used to <laughs> Matt, I used to like you too. Um so Anybody want to add anything else before we got to run? I have a thing about haunted hotels and haunted restaurants. I could find one that's strategically good for all of us and just kind of start the evening off on that foot and do a show. I want to do that. The Western Penitentiary. The pictures that I just sent you guys. I went to the Western Penitentiary in Cedro. Yeah, I I did a did a thing there. No, I. I prefer to be a visitor. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep, keep on trucking. That's that's what I'll say. Keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. That's another song we need to do. Anyway, I, oh, that's, we're gonna... that's a saying from the 70s. Oh, that's right. It, it, it was. And and also, anyway, that we should explore those as well. Um, all right, guys. I want to thank each of you, and we're going to do this. We'll be here next Wednesday. Uh, this is the Lunch Club from noon till 2. Uh, if you want to laugh, if you want to have a good time, uh, to tune in because we're, we're having a great time with this. So you guys take care. I love you all. Have a great day. And be kind, everybody. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.